0: Well, what a great way to start, folks. Yes, four-time Stanley Cup champion, Darren McCarty here on this Friday night. Must be March. If we're listening to that, it's either the 26th or the Eve. This is like Christmas Eve to me. 25-year anniversary of March 26, 1997. Joined, as always, by my partner in crime on this Friday night, Mr. Sean Belegian and Eric Dorr. Working the ones and twos and... Brandon Blake, back in the office, making sure everything is tidied up. One thing that I just noticed there, Sean, came to my mind. I make stars. Mike Goldberg, who you heard there on the announcing, was here for one year, moved up to the USC. That must have been his fight training video that he talked his way into Dana White with. So, Goldie, shout out to you, but wow. I don't know what's weirder is the fact that it was 25 years ago that that happened or 25 I don't know what's what's further away in my my mind March 2697 or the first cup which came 3 months later sometimes they seem so close sometimes they seem so far away How are you this Friday night Mr. Belgium
1: Oh you know what Mac tremendous it's it's great to be chatting with you about this. I'm, I'm so bummed out that I can't make the event. Uh, of course, your buddy, Nick had asked me if I wanted to MC at Mac, you know, I'd be there, but my cousin's getting married. Um, you, you know, congratulations to John and his bride to be, I, I wish I could be there, Mac. And, you know, for people out there that aren't aware of it, tell everybody what's going on tomorrow. It is such a cool and unique thing that you're going to be a part of tomorrow, man.
0: All right, your cousin's name is John, and is John your cousin? And he's marrying the wonderful. What's your soon-to-be cousin-in-law's name?
1: Um, you put me on the spot, and I can't. I remember. did.
0: I did a nice job, anyway. <laughs> give you
1: about two seconds. She is and I'll so figure it out. smart
0: because choosing March 26th as your wedding anniversary. There's so many things to rejoice, but you know, before I came on and I just joined uh, Steve Courtney and Kenny Brown and the folks of Uncle Mitch's show to talk about tomorrow. Being the 25th year anniversary, Claude Mew is in town. And how do I know he's already in town? Because I just sat down myself, him and Kirk David, and did an hour question and answer about just for, for my grind time for me to have something in that you'll probably see me release here and there. But uh more of the same tomorrow night, if you want to be a part of it, I think tickets are $50, Fifth Avenue and Royal Oak. I watched the game, Sean, the March 26, 97 once a year on the anniversary this will be the 25th year so i said hey where's all my friends that want to watch it with me come on and we're all friends out there um if you're listening to this or if you're watching this online or wherever you're finding this so tomorrow night claude will be in the house we're going to do sort of like the manning cast watch over the game and comment through different things but you know what Talk about things that I learned a few new things today. That in Claude's opinion, the, it didn't start with jer- him being the villain in New Jersey and stuff. It started back in ninety ninety one before I even came here. Um, so it's interesting to hear that. But um, at the end of the day, I think it's just a lesson in life that uh, bad things can happen, and and when you don't hold yourself accountable, karma's real. Uh, but to this day, I think that, you know, the person Claude Mew and the, we've talked about it, the hockey player, they're two different people. And you know what, if you care about that, you want the bigger picture, you want to be involved. You got nothing to do. Come on out tomorrow night to fifth Avenue and Royal Oak. So if you missed that one, then on Sunday in Livonia, Adam foot's even coming to town. Uh, we're going to watch, uh, or I'm sorry, uh, Sunday at the John Hughes, uh, pro sports zone in Livonia from noon to three, we're actually going to do an autograph signing.
2: Oh, awesome! So we got
0: a busy, busy, busy eventful day and eventful weekend. And uh, I couldn't think of a better way to spend it with the fans um, going over something that I still can't believe is 25 years.
1: Yeah. Mac, you know, there's so many questions that come to mind and I've heard you talk about it. We've talked privately about it and everything. And I like what Goldberg said, because you knew it was coming. You just didn't know when, you know, it, it reminded me of the old school. You know, when you talk to some old school guys, a lot of times what they did, Mac, and I'm sure you talked to Ted Lindsay and so many of the legends, what they did is they kind of took the name and number, and it might not be the next game. It might not be three games from now, but that bill is going to come in. Did you privately have any inkling that that was going to be the night, that that night, March what? 26th, was going to be the night?
0: It had to be because that was sort of the last night for us to get the nemesis off the back. And I think the elaborate on um, rivalries and stuff like this—they owned us. Yep, we set the league record the year before, and they beat us, beat us to the playoffs. They beat us the first three games. Claude even says that he thought it was coming the first meeting in Colorado, and he and he wasn't ready for it coming March twenty-six. But that game, something was going to happen. It was just that we had to win the game. It was more important than the way it played out. I mean, you can't write a better script. I mean, it's just crazy. But I think it goes to show you, I guess, the maturity of everybody involved and just how bigger scale. Because here's the whole thing. Here's the roundabout way. Okay? I'm doing my part. You say, why are you being nice to the bad guy, the villain? I said, well, because if he didn't do that, we wouldn't be sitting here with four cups. And it's time to play nice because who is Claude the Mew's agent, Sean? I don't know.
1: Who is it? Mo Sider. Oh. oh. Mo Sider. And I actually,
0: uh, I'll have a clip on uh, Big D Energy on Monday. uh, A little question I asked about the most impressive thing being his agent of what it is with Mo Sider. And it's pretty, uh, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. So, hey, it's 2022. You know what? You're allowed to make mistakes. You're allowed to, to repent against them. It's like I always said: is that in in the hockey action, the way it went down, bad things in hockey happened. right? And and breaking it down, and it wasn't like as a, it was egregious because of what happened and hitting from behind. But his response was the most egregiousness, and I don't accept the fact that you don't apologize. That's where I. Always had an issue. And that's where somebody, I'm if you can see me right now, I'm pointing to the sky, the big fella upstairs, or whatever <laughs> her name is, whoever's bigger, greater controlling this thing, they had a plan. I just had to, you know, be we all had a plan for the role. So tomorrow night we're gonna get into it. Uh I can't believe it's 25 years. The brilliance that I love, Sean, and I love this is because everybody's grown up now. Right, all the five, 10, 15 year olds are now 30, 35, 40. They've had kids, they got bills, everything else. It means a little bit more to the whole picture of life. Because this, you know, I say March 26, 97, for lack of a better term, was Red Wing D Day. And that's just because I can tell the Star Wars story before and after from that day, in my opinion, from from what I had, from not just hearsay of what came before me, but being a part of it and why it was. And I think that that's, uh, that's all, you know, to me, it's a huge part of, uh, who, what I am, who I am and stuff like this about sticking up for, for, you know, for your, your loved one, your family members, different things like that. But I think everybody can relate to it. So I just think that if I'm going to preach destinations and oasis, it's part of the journey. Well, this weekend's a huge part of my journey and I look forward to sharing it with as many people that want to share that, share it with me.
1: Awesome. Good stuff. Well, I, I know we're going to continue to talk about, we have Mike O'Hara as well. Lots to do, Mac.
0: Yeah, we got lots to do here. We're going to take a break. And uh, when we come back, I got to ask, you know, Sean state of, I'm, we're going to dive into baseball a little bit because I think from what I'm seeing, I want to know if what I'm seeing, am I getting a little too excited? Uh, what to expect? Well, we're going to start off baseball talk. Here we come back. Here, AM 760 WJR.
3: From the Golden Tower of the Fisher Building, this is the Darren McCarty Show with Sean Belegian and Red Wings legend Darren McCarty on 760 WJR, where Detroit comes to talk.
0: What's going on out here? It's a Friday night, March twenty fifth. Welcome, Darren McCarty here, Sean Bellegian. Um, you know, Sean, you know, we—I was going to bring up the Tigers and stuff like this. You said that people want to talk more about.
1: I've had three friends hit me up. I'm—I'm I'm not joking. I, they, they, like, hit me up, going, dude, I can listen to Mac talk about that forever because, like, Mac, I tweeted this out. Okay, there are unbelievable sporting events in our area, and and. You, being a kid from Leamington, you saw a lot of them. How many of them can be defined by a date? I mean, seriously, how many of I mean, unless you're a real big nerd, you don't remember the dates that teams won championships. But you know what? You say March 26th. Everybody knows. Everybody. And you brought up something that that I would be, you know what a nerd I am. I would be remiss if I didn't bring this up. Not only did they beat you in six in that series in 96, but what people forget is they took the first three games of the season series against you guys, too. I mean, and and that that was something had to give. It, I mean, really, it's that simple. Something had to give.
0: Well, that's the imperativeness of winning, right? Let's talk rivalries. I, You know, let's go back to Livonia. Lavonia, Nova, you know, we're talking hockey, we're talking football, we're talking high school. It's as big as that was, is that the only way out is through. So that's the whole reason is we needed to win that game because of the psychology of it, the psychological need that we needed to have because going into the playoffs, right. And the payoff is right there. I mean, everything has to come into place to be able to piece the story together the way that, the way that it's pieced together, but it's so much bigger than that from where the start from this and that, this was just sort of like the boom, this was Pearl Harbor, right? This was the explosions and all, you know, like what happened, you know, maybe, maybe for lack of a better term, because if you're going to go with those analogies, it all had to come down the line, right? The revenge, but we had to win the game. The story, the Hollywood, is the fact that the guy that got the revenge and did it first also got the goal to win the game. There's the Hollywood, but you can't deny that if you were a Red Wing fan, no matter where you were from, you felt the, oh, my God, it's going to be all right. I don't know what it means it's going to be all right. Because that mist or that whatever was hanging over that, that smell, that stank, whatever they say had been lifted for everybody and we can move forward. And, you know, even talking to Claude is that, like, psych- psychologically, they were fried and they just knew, you know, we were coming. But it was a matter of time. And it's nice to see it was, like, trying to hold us back because, you know, it's nice to hear uh, the respect that, that from the outside it was, like, a matter of time. But, you know, for for a minute, I don't think they thought we were tough enough either. And, and that's the case that we proved it. So everything sort of falls into place. And it's, you know, it just makes the story better. You it, know, because it's true. The best part, Sean, that the date, all this stuff is real. Yep. And the beauty is we get to share it now because the kids are older. And it's just, if they're remembering, this is why they remember it and stuff like that. So, I mean, I, I, I like, like I said, it's all about the journey and tomorrow and, and on Sunday. And I know that. My goal is to have that fight picture in every household, man cave, woman cave, bar, whatever it is in the state. You know what? I guess now I hope that you have it with uh, Claude Mew and Foote's autograph on it. So yeah. there you go. We got yeah. more next level stuff to do because it's as much part of all of everybody else as it is a part of me. goes along with that my love of the game just because I played is no greater than anybody else's is different.
1: Mac, you know what? It it just to hear you talk about that. I mean, what people don't forget, it's not like you guys had a bad regular season, okay? I mean, you still finished with 94 points, but you had 24 less wins in 96-97 <laughs> than you didn't 24 <laughs> less wins.
0: And, and you won the cup.
1: And you won the cup. You finished you finished Snuck third in the conference. It. And and you know what? From March 26th, it it was it was like, "Okay, got it out of the way. Now let's focus winning on games. And I, I don't think you can put enough significance into what that did. And I'm, I'm, I've said that for 25 years. You you can't say enough because whether you want to believe it or not, there were a lot of people out there going, ah, maybe the wings window closed. Maybe 95, 96 was their best shot. You lost the finals in 95. And heck who, who knew that, the best was yet to come and, and no, the no, times who, it was yet to come.
0: Who could have known? Yeah. Who could have known because it was climbing and get kicked back down, get kicked back down. How are you going to get kicked down in another way? I know that the scariest feeling that I've ever had as, as whether we're going to win or not was after losing, you know, you're in shock of what happened to drapes. You don't really understand what happened till after. Like that's what I say, trying to think back why there wasn't, So much outrage at the time. We Chris Draper, and I said this today, his nickname is Nails because he proved why he was tough as nails because he skated off, right? So when a guy skates off, you don't think that he just broke his jaw in four spots and crushed his orbital. You think maybe he broke his nose, cut himself, whatever stitches. It's still, but you're more concerned at the time to win the game because it's game six and you're against the wall, and you want you want a four-minute power play or a five-minute penalty, right? That's what you're concerned with. You don't know that the guy just annihilated your, you know, buddy like that, you know that there's retribution. But again, like I say, it's just it, it it just added to the story the fact that he didn't apologize. And the fact that, you know, the Kozlov stuff in game three, like with with Foot before and then and then Lemieux getting suspended the year before because of Sucker and Kazi and all this stuff. It was it had come to a head. And like you said, Sean, the best thing is like who would have thunk.
1: Yeah. Well, oh, it's outstanding. can't believe it's 25 years. It's one of those moments, Mac, where, you know, depending on how old you are, you'll never, ever forget. And I, I know I probably told you this, but for the benefit of my listeners, I was at a bar in, well, of all places, Livonia. And when it started, the thing that I will never forget is there was like a silence that seemed like it lasted for five minutes, but it, it in reality, it was probably two seconds. But everybody, like the whole bar just went, oh my gosh, it's 1987 again. Because we hadn't seen something of that significant really since they put the bench, clearers, bench clearing rules into place. I mean, it was it was that big. It was from an era gone by.
0: No, it was something that you probably won't see anymore in the back when the goalies are coming out. And, you know, at the time, and I know you where it was like, oh, wow, is this really happening, right? Because you're, here's the one thing. Leading up to it, right? There was so much hype about what was going to happen. And the and the execution outweighed any of the expectations, yep. which was over the top, right? The over the top about something, and it wasn't, it was just like more or less, how was it going to happen? Right? And, and after that, after the game, and it's, you know, it, we had to win the game. And that's what propelled us because psychologically, we were better. I want to ask dorchy how old were you, Eric, back that day? I was
4: eight, eight years old. Do you remember it at all? Were, uh, were I, you a Wings fan, or when did you oh, first? Yeah. When did I you remember first? What? Oh, yeah, I, I'm a Wings fan. Like I, I we used to, we had, uh, there were three houses like two neighbors of mine, we would all get together at each other's houses to watch the playoff games and all that. So, I mean, I remember it. I obviously, you know, I I was eight, so I was probably either in bed or doing my homework at the time, but I remember it. I remember hearing about it the next day at school. That's all everybody was talking about how big it was. Cause you know, even at eight, you knew you hated Colorado. You didn't know why you hated Colorado, but (laughs) you hated Colorado. That's just what it was. Colorado and Ohio state, right? Yep, yeah. absolutely. You're trained. You're trained to do it. But I, I yeah, I, I was eight, and I do remember it. I can remember sitting in my neighbor's uh, living room watching the uh, Stanley Cup uh, Finals. I remember when you scored the goal. I remember all that stuff.
0: All right, before I go to break, let's get him on the line because I got Michael here coming on DetroitLions.com talking about some free agent signings and stuff, but it wouldn't be a Friday night, and it wouldn't be a March 26th eve without hearing from my guy, Mr. Posse. Warriors. Greg from Shelby. Greg, what's up, bud?
3: Warriors, do you feel it? Do you know what I mean? The moment is coming to awaken your dreams. And lastly, it's Friday night. Let the games begin. Oh, my God, DMac! Like Shawnee B. was saying, I could listen to you all night talk about this. Oh, my God. Real quick, you said you're going to be in Livonia from 12 to 3 tomorrow? Where?
0: No, Sunday. Where? Sunday at uh, Pro Sports Zone. Where's that Hughes located? At, it's at the Laurel Place Laurel Mall. Park, yeah, L- Laurel, Laurel Park, Park Mall. Park Mall. Yep. Laurel Park Mall. My apologies.
3: Oh, it's all good. D- oh, my God, come d Come
0: over Sunday. Come and say hello or come
3: tomorrow I night, will. Yes. Whatever it is. Oh, my God. Love you, good, my Greg, you Love you, my friend. Love you, Shawnee B, Dorchy, Blakey. You guys are awesome. And, I, I, yes, I the this um, event is unbelievable.
0: You giving me the eight of spades, bro? Or how you doing? You sound good. Everything I'm good? feeling
3: very good. Thank right. you, d Good. Doing well. All, all right, I do. Love you guys. All right.
0: Thanks for calling. Like I said, when we come back, we will talk to Mike O'Hare, DetroitLions.com. You listen to Darren McCarty show here at 760 WJR.
3: This is the Darren McCarty show on 760 WJR, where Detroit comes to talk. Now, here's Sean Bellegian and Detroit Red Wings legend, Darren McCarty.
0: Oh, man. Having so much fun here on a Friday night. Yeah sweet revenge fight night at the joe eve the day before and you know what when i think of fun in this town i think about a guy who's been having so much fun especially with the detroit lions since 1976. my guy backup bass player for grinder you better be ready we're back (laughs) on the road uh, hitting the festival scene in in june uh but his day job is detroitlions.com he's our guy the Dean, Mr. Michael Hare, How are you this evening, sir? All
2: right, guys. Thanks for the nice opening there. That's pretty cool. But I've given up on being a baseball <laughs> I don't think I have it. Well, I had to give you the great opening
0: because what am I watching with these uh, Detroit Lions right now, especially um, with re-signing. What I, the question I hear, Mike, is they were 3-13 and, and one last year. You know, why are they re-signing these guys? What I've seen is this true: is that the deals that they've been handing out have either been earned, or else it's something that if they don't work out, there's not lo- really long-term commitments.
2: Right. Well, it's part of what they did last year uh, Derek, when they when they took over this organization to rebuild the the foundation. They had what they call what we call prove it contracts. You know, one year prove it, and some guys prove it, and as it goes on, and then a lot more didn't. You know, like Alex Anzalone, the linebacker. To their eyes, he proved it. You know, other guys in the same category. then uh, today, they reached back into their history, into the history books, and brought back Jared Davis. You know, the linebacker who they drafted in the first round uh, four years ago, played three years here, won with the Jets last year, and now he's back in Detroit because I think they like what they saw in him, his possibility and his potential when he was here, and then what he might have done in the Jets organization last year. But they think. That he's a fit for here, and one thing that, to me, that you've got to keep in mind with the signing of Jared Davis today, he's not a you know he's, he wasn't brought in by this this management and coaching team. They they weren't here you know Brad Holmes, the GM, the head coach Dan Campbell. They they weren't here when he was when he was uh, drafted. He wasn't here for any part of his career. So this is basically what they saw on him fits their scheme, regardless of what he have, might have done the previous three years in Detroit and then one year with the Jets.
1: Mike, that's such a great point, and, and I certainly don't want to cast this as Matt Patricia is the villain, but how much validity is there to the point that I've heard so many people make that, you know, the problem with Matt Patricia and Jared Davis is is he played Jared Davis out of position. Do you think that there's some, I, I guess, validity to that?
2: I don't know about out of position, but maybe just that whole scheme didn't fit him. But I will say this, in his second year, guys, when, you know, maybe – Week eight or week nine through the end of the season, he was playing good football, and, and that was his second year. And he was really getting the grasp of playing in the National Football League. I mean, well, University of Florida, big time competition, all that, but it's not the National Football League. And I thought at the end, you know, towards the end of the second half of that season, he ended up with six sacks. I think it was ten t- tackles for loss, a bunch of other things. You know, quarterback hits, things that they do. You know, really, what what do what you call impact plays? Not just tackles but plays, playmaking. I thought he was sort of on his way to really becoming a good player in the National Football League, but he got hurt in the preseason the next year, missed a couple of games with the opener, missed some more games down the line. It never really was the same player. So look you got him healthy, you got him refreshed, if you got him in a system that the coaches believe in.
1: Mike O'Hara, kindly joining us. He, of course, uh, from the DetroitLions.com. dot com. I thought you had a really nice piece the other day on on another linebacker, Mike. You knew they were going to be busy at that position, but uh, tell everybody what you see out of Chris Board.
2: Well, that's kind of interesting to me because he, you know, he made the Baltimore Ravens roster as an undrafted free agent, and look, that is a that is a perennial contender. Now things don't always go their way. I think only the Patriots at at their peak, you know, everything went their way. But he made that opening day roster, you know, played 10 snaps at linebacker and 27 on special teams. Now, special teams under John Harbaugh, the head coach there, when you you make his hardcore special teams, you've done something. Let's just remember about Harbaugh. He was a special teams coordinator for 10 years in the National Football League before he became a a head coach. And the Ravens are renowned year in year out. In the last fifteen years, he's been the head coach there, being the best one of the best special teams units year in year out. So, what he's done, you know, what 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 board has done in those four years is incrementally strengthened his position on position on that roster. Four years right from the beginning, he was a hardcore special teamer, but he gradually got more playing time. He went from fourteen snap defensive snaps as a rookie to sixty four to 200 and something, to then to 300 and something his fourth year there. And one thing about him, he's got a reputation of being a good defender. And as a linebacker, that's important because if you watch the Lions over the last few years, many years, I would say, defending linebackers, defending the, the underneath uh, zone, zones and pass coverage has been a weakness for him. That seems to be the strength of, of, of Chris Board.
0: And I think uh, talking to Michael here at DetroitLions.com is the fact that like what you said, coming from Baltimore, coming from that playing that position, which that is at the end of the day, that hard nose uh, defensive style or whatever, that adds some pedigree, whether you're talking about Jared Davis or or Chris Borg or whatever, to me, it starts obviously with Brad Holmes, but it's also, too, Aaron Glenn still being there for another year is huge because having that same, we saw the effort and, and different things, the the maturation of some guys that we talked about on defense. Who, in your opinion, Mike, is the most impressive uh, offseason pick? Is it Borg because of what he can do, or is it you know one of the re-signings because you mentioned it earlier? To come in and play and earn your contract, Charles Harris. Um, so, who, in your opinion, is the best uh, re signing or free agent signing?
2: Well, I think the best free agent signing would be a C- uh, a JD uh, Char- uh, Chark, DJ Shark. I'm sorry, I get, his, I get his initials mixed up. Uh, JD, uh, DJ Chark. I call YV him Cater. Shark,
0: so I guess it's JD Shark now. because <laughs> yeah, I always it think of the now, name yeah. Shark song.
2: That too, but he's, <laughs> right. but yeah, I, I thought he was probably the best signing because look, he's got he's got the ability to really, you know, he's six four and he can and he can run and he can get down the sideline on you. He can he can get behind a secondary and then open up other things underneath him. And I think that's something they've really been lacking. But the other one is, is strictly is, is simply the guy that you mentioned, uh, Charles Harris. Look, they brought him in last year on a one-year contract, and he really, <clears throat> excuse me, as a former first-round draft pick by the Miami Dolphins, he had three and a half, three and one half sacks in his first four seasons in a national, I'm sorry, he a total of seven in his first four seasons in a national football league. He had seven and a half last year for the Detroit Lions, and he really, and I mean really, came on strong in the second half, and it wasn't just the, wasn't just the sacks, it was the quarterback hits, it was the tackles for loss, it was the pressures. And the energy that he brought brought the Detroit Lions defense. Now, look—you can look at the statistics all you want. And they're 29th in this and 28th in that, and couldn't do this and couldn't do that. And all of that is valid. It really is, but just on the eye test. And, and you know, I try to rely on my—I try to look at stats and I try to look at what I what I think I see and what I really believe I saw—and evaluate from there. And I thought the Detroit Lions, in the last four or five, six games of the season, I thought that—excuse me—that on the eye test. I thought that they passed the eye test as a team that got better as opposed to deteriorating slowly, slowly, slowly as the season went on, which had been, in the, been the case, particularly in the last two seasons under the previous coaching regime.
1: Mike O'Hara kindly joining us, of course, dot uh, DetroitLions.com. You can follow him on Twitter as well as I do at Mike O'Hara NFL. Uh, Mike, I, I hate to throw you a curveball, but is there is there a wind of change in regards to the overtime rule? I've seen some stories that, you know, there are a couple different uh, proposals out there. Have you heard anything about uh, there perhaps being a change?
2: I think that I think it's being brought up at the owners meetings, which begin, I think Monday, uh, uh, I think they're Monday down in Florida. Uh, you know, I, first of all, my opinion, all of this stuff has been, you make the rules, I'll watch the game. I don't care what the rules are. Yeah. I just, Play what the rules are. Right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Honestly, I don't care. You can get yeah. five balls and six strikes in baseball, and I'd probably feel the same way. But I don't see anything really what's wrong with the overtime rules now. I mean, usually the teams that are whining the most are the ones that got, you know, that, that maybe lost a game, but they thought they might have had a better chance to win under a different rule. And then when that rule gets changed and there's another one, someone else will be complaining. So yeah. on the National Football League, you listen to everybody. You know, take the votes and all that, but I, I just, I don't really see anything passing now. There've been exceptions to that, and that's when they, you know, move the ball back on on extra points and all that. That was pretty universally thought around the league that it was time for a change on that because they were becoming so automatic. But it's not often you really just the first time out of the out of the shoot that you get the owners to to agree to something because they really, you know, want to test it in the preseason and things like that before they do anything about it. Any thoughts before I
0: let you go on what's going on in Green Bay, the Tyree kill trade,
2: Devontae Adams? Oh my God. Down. I mean, is it, the it, North
0: up for grabs? <laughs> we got a chance or what?
2: I think, it's, I think we have a better chance than we had before. I really do. There's no doubt about that. I mean, look, he, uh, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers gets his, you know, $150 million guaranteed, I guess it was, or 149. 999 999 guaranteed whatever he got and all of a sudden his best receiver who everybody thought they were you know tied to tied to at the hip uh for, for life says, the heck with you pal i'm gonna go play for the raiders with my college buddy you know devontae adams and then the uh, stallings takes off uh, today's signs with somebody else so he's really lost his two top receivers and you know, it's one of the things that people said could happen to that team that when you commit that much of the salary cap to one guy, you've got to take it from somebody else. Now, whether that's the case or they, you know, a couple of guys just got out of town on their own because they wanted to try something else at a different place, I don't know, but it's certainly a sign of, uh, of what's happened in a National Football League. But, guys, I'll tell you, I've never seen anything like this in the National Football League at this time of year with trades of high profile, high, you know, Hall of Fame candidate, quarterbacks, contracts, 150 mil guaranteed, 160 mil guaranteed, 233 mil guaranteed, all of that it has been absolutely amazing. And not just quarterbacks, but players oh. in other positions too. Hmm. Well, wide no
0: receivers it. are getting paid like quarterbacks now. Yeah. You know what absolutely. I'm saying? So it used to be the quarterback, get the quarterback, protect the quarterback, and now catch the ball. So what does this mean for running backs? Right, they're uh, more probably not as much. The fact that they're a dime a dozen.
2: <laughs> yep, uh, that's uh, the way they use them. It's not look while they're in the game, it's you know it's a priority that they play well. They're just not in the game as much, but while they're in there, they contribute. Like Leonard Fournette, three years, twenty-one mil. He probably thought he was underpaid.
1: <laughs> Unbelievable,
2: right, Great and, stuff,
0: Mike. Isn't isn't that great? Cr- great stuff, Mike. Thanks again. And you know what? The, I, I always use Mike as my gauge. And if he's saying this is crazy, that's what I thought it was because nobody's seen more football than you. Thanks, as always, my friend. Make sure oh, you guys, guys catch call uh, column just on DetroitLions.com. Uh,
2: just keep in mind I'm crazy, too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why. Hey, that's why you're the backup base player for Grindr, baby. <laughs> Heck, yeah, you can see your stage dives don't matter how long he's been around he's got a heck of a stage guy that's Michael air i love it <laughs> anyways here on the Darren mccartney show when we come back we're gonna tie this up with a cute little bow what's in the microwave what's on the grill the weather's getting nice this weekend i expect lots from shawnee b anyways uh thanks for listening here Darren mccartney show am 760 wjr
3: this is the Darren McCarty Show on 760 WJR, where Detroit comes to talk. Now here's Sean Belegian and Detroit Red Wings legend, Darren McCarty.
0: Oh, oh yeah, baby, we got it off the rails here. Brandon Blake just <laughs> steering left and right. It reminded me of the movie Twister, riding into the tornado. Sean and I were just enjoying the door truck. Uh, uh we've we've made an orchestra of eric Dor- his name and we like to sing it on break and just uh whatever because that's oh. what you do when you're senile anyways uh <laughs> last segment of the show here on this friday night again look forward to seeing everybody who's coming out tomorrow night you're still invited five to nine royal oak fifth avenue viewing uh, fight night reloaded. Claude Mew and Darren McCarty uh, will be doing their edition of sort of the Manning cast and uh, through the game. So that and we'll do some Q and A after and stuff like that. So that'd be exciting. And Sunday, uh, uh, in Livonia at the Laurel Place Mall is that correct? Sean? Laurel Park Mall. It's, uh, Laurel, Park Mall. Uh,
1: Laurel
0: Park Mall. Yep. You got uh, Pro Sports Zone from noon to three. Adam Foot, uh, Claude Lemieux, and myself. We'll be signing. Um, more importantly, dort you in? You in? Are you at home? You're at home, aren't you?
4: I'm at home. I'm sitting in the. Uh, I'm sitting in the spare bedroom. Oh, man, right hey, you got the overnights, bro? No, I do not. Jason, you got Jason does. overnights
0: is Jason. have overnight.
4: Jason, Jason has the overnight. Uh, What's uh, Jason? Jason and I are there all weekend.
0: Yes, you are okay, Dorch, Do you have anything? Maybe I'll go off the. Do you have anything prepared? Because I've been proud of you the way that you've been. Prepping a healthy oh, lunches. Um, I think I've been getting a lot of tweets on Darren McCarty Four about how proud they are of the way that you're trying to be healthy in there. But um, what 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 will be? Uh, I know you're going to be watching the match playing golf. Oh, absolutely. So what will you be eating when when you're watching that?
4: Aaron, Aaron gave me the menu for this weekend. What we're do you gonna, got? We're you some salmon. We're having some salmon tonight. Ooh. So I'll have some of that tomorrow. We're gonna make some uh, chicken lo mein tomorrow, oh. and then Sunday is turkey burgers. So got a nice little menu for the uh, I, for the weekend. You know what,
0: Sean? Not bad. I gotta I gotta say that it still doesn't get him any closer to your barbecue. No. Um, but I like the fact of how he's planning it out. I mean, there's some maturity on the household, and I thank you, thank Aaron for leading young Eric that way. But let's more importantly, what's on the grill?
1: You know what? I have uh, John and Ashley's wedding tomorrow, and then I'm doing three different types of ribs. I'm doing a rack of St. Louis. I'm doing Memphis style, and then I'm doing slathered, and then some wings and sausages. Sunday is a rare day. Where we're all going to be home, so I'm using both smokers all day. So we're oh. we're going to have a barbecue day.
0: Ooh, double smokers. Wow. <laughs> Gosh darn it. Eric, doesn't that sound delicious?
1: Oh, I can't. Oh, man. It sounds you know, amazing. will tell you
0: about it. Yeah. It does sound amazing. I think the weather's supposed to be nice too, Sean.
1: Uh, It's going to be cold, but you know what? Uh, I'm totally cool around the smokers, man. It keeps me warm.
0: Absolutely. I love it. I love it. Well, for Brandon Blake, thank you for all you do. Eric. (laughs) Don't forget the T's in there. Sean (laughs) Belize and I'm Darren McCarty. And I want to wish everybody a happy 25th. Fight night
3: sweet revenge. This has been another edition of Dan McCarty's show. See ya.